Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily. I've been very blessed in this life and I'm grateful for everything. Honestly, all the ups, all the downs. I mean, I married the best rapper of all time. That's right. We're talking about the very public and more frequently messy divorce between Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. So when I divorced him, you have to know it came down to just one thing, his personality. And with all of this playing out on social media, we're asking what are the power games at play here and has it gone far too far for any level of privacy? I'm Siobhan Maguire and joining me today are two of the Irish independence finest when it comes to pop culture and music. Melanie Finn, entertainment correspondent and John Maher, music critic and features writer. Folks, it's wall-to-wall Kim and Kanye at the moment. We've a new Netflix documentary. Um, Kim's new relationship and the divorce. Now, my own observation is how all of this is being played out on Instagram. Um... What are the power dynamics at play? I mean, it's 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 very hard to keep something that should be private, um, private when you're posting everything about it on Instagram. Yeah. So, I mean, they were doing really well. She obviously filed for divorce in February 2021. And it seemed to be all amicable, um, despite the fact that they have four kids together. They have very busy careers. There was obviously something there fueling the split. Um, but they both supported each other publicly, helped each other out with their various projects. Everything was going fine until January of this year. So Kanye West got himself a new girlfriend and they went very public indeed. And at the start, I felt like it was some weird kind of social experiment because normally A-list celebrities, they keep their romances very much under wraps. They keep their cards close to their chest. They want to see how things play out and what the real motive is there in terms of their new partner. Um, So they started dressing alike. They were turning up to Paris uh, Fashion Week doing double denim together. She even came up with a new moniker for them, Juliet. It was all rosy in the garden, lasted about six weeks and they have split up. This has proved to be very triggering for Kanye. Meanwhile, Kim just living her best um, multi-million dollar life. She's got a new boyfriend, Saturday Night Live star Pete Davidson. They went Instagram official recently. She's called him her boyfriend. Like she's moving on and she's doing admirably well given the circumstances. 
Him and though, not so much. I'm, I was just going to say there, Melanie, what, what, what came to mind is the fact that, um, you know, the Kardashians are so good at controlling their own narrative. And um, essentially what you've had in the last week is, is Kanye posting all these um, screenshots of messages from Kim on Instagram. Yeah. And basically, you know, going right against um, that kind of control she would have had over over what is is leaked into the public, John. Th- there is a sense that perhaps Kim Kim is kind of suffering um, a little bit from this kind of exposure. Absolutely, but the Kardashians uh, invented the idea of the Instagram star paid a fortune, where every facet of your life is out there, albeit as Melanie says, in a controlled way. There's nothing controlled about Kanye West and certainly hasn't been over the past decade. He is, uh, he has become very deranged um, in terms of his um, output, Um, not just musically, but I mean, you know, this idea that he posts all this stuff on Instagram and then deletes deletes it. If any of us do that, that's fine. It's probably gone forever. But for him, it just fuels a million news stories. I mean, TMZ, I mean, the journalists there must just be constantly getting pinged alerts saying another message from Kanye. And it's there for perpetuity. And it is hugely embarrassing for him. It's very destructive for any chance they have of an amicable divorce. Um, Pete Davidson, um, Kim's boyfriend, has, has seems to have riled Kanye. Um, he, he had a skit some years ago about a MAGA hat. Of course, Kanye was flirting with Donald Trump and that whole madness. And I think that the, the MAGA hat said, make Kanye 2006 again. In other words, when he was this extraordinary star, the future of hip-hop, somebody for whom every release was a major event and a culturally important event. Um, and and Kanye is very upset about that. He says, like, you know, have fun at my, my mental health, why don't you? And of course, he he then cancels that message too. Yeah, and but that's the thing about Pete Davidson. You know, he he's the, the bad boy, you know, has always had a string of beautiful, famous women on his arm and now he's with Kim. But he's had his who's own... also beautiful. <laughs> Just in case there's any confusion. He's got a certain type. I could be wrong. Ariana Grande, etc. Yeah. yeah. But it, what he does have, and he's been very vocal about this, and that clip you reference actually, John, from 2018 on SNL, is Pete actually, you know, talking about his own mental health issues and, and basically saying that um, just because you have mental health issues, it doesn't give you the right to be a jackass. But like Kanye, I know you're like, yo, this is the real me. I'm off the meds. <laughs> Take him. No shame in the, in the medicine game. I'm on him. Great. Take him. There's nothing wrong with take him. If I ever got on a plane and the pilot said, I just want all you to know, this is the real me flying. <laughs> I'd jump out. <laughs> Being mentally ill is not an excuse to act like a jackass. Okay? And he's saying this quite pointedly at Kanye. And then, but I mean, who could have thought that, you know, several years on, here we are, uh, you know, Kanye's taking a dig at this guy who took a dig at him many years ago because this guy is now with his soon-to-be ex-wife. I really think that Kanye is just spiralling at the moment. He's going down a very dark path and he's fixating on these things that happened like, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And actually, the messages that we saw were sent between them last weekend are actually 
quite sweet from Pete Davidson. He talked about how they hope that they'll all be friends, you know, and how like, let's get all, all on together. And in, in return, Kanye called him a D-I-C-K head, which um, isn't the best. And then Ke- Kim this week stepped in in messages that I think were huge huge breach of her privacy where she said, look, you have to stop doing this. You're creating a really scary and dangerous environment for Pete. Someone is going to hurt him, you know, because Kanye is so huge. You can't even talk about it. All these fans in the States are going to have Team Kim, Team Kanye. They were doing very well to keep it amicable and now people are going to be taking sides. Um, And all it takes is one crazy person. And there's real hostility though in America towards Kanye. I mean, look at the response in the Super Bowl when he was on that massive screen you know, the, the crowd just let him know exactly what they thought of him. And, and and he was with some of his kids at the time. And I thought, you know, he's still a human being and he, he might, you know, provoke people constantly. And he's done that for years, ever since the Taylor Swift fiasco. Um, but 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 nonetheless, God, it was I'd still so did that. I. Yeah. yeah, no, Kanye hadn't, and nor has Taylor. She doesn't forget <laughs> yeah, anything. Was, by uh, the way, that you know, crazy. Um, but but I kind of on a human level, I thought, you know, this is this is horrible. I mean, this is. I felt the, sorry for his kids. You know, you like know. Norris was clearly uncomfortable. She was trying to cover his face. He didn't have to because he was wearing a hundred and sixty dollar Balenciaga face covering, and he also had you know this this black sweatshirt on, and um, so he was basically invisible in the crowd. Um, but I, I I do agree there to a certain extent. You know, you put yourself out there, but your kids aren't choosing to do that, um, and it does seem like things are really starting to turn nasty. And then. After the exchange with both Pete and Kim, he posted a message, but it seemed like a very carefully curated message that prompted suggestions that it was written by one of his PR team. He said he was sorry, he apologised for harassing Kim, but God knows what he's going to come up with um, this weekend. It's the caps, you know, uh, uh, if I'm going to send a message um, to somebody all in caps, I am essentially shouting at you or giving you an order or being very, very assertive. <laughs> um, and he has actually rode back on that now. I have to say, sympathetic as I am to Kim, the idea that she's now saying, please give us privacy is a bit rich coming from a member of the Kardashians. I mean, they are the original reality stars. Like, you know, back in, I think, the year 2000, you know, they started off with this reality show and it actually stemmed from a certain sex tape. Mm-hmm. People forget about this, but um, at the time, there was a sex tape doing the rounds with Kim and basically she was only known, you know, for being the daughter of... Yeah, the famous lawyer, Mr. Robert, Robert Jenner, Robert Jenner, who was also famously no. known as O.J. Simpson's lawyer and mm-hmm. the, and friend. No, it was Kardashian. It was Robert Kardashian. Ah, oh, Robert Kardashian. <laughs> okay, we'll edit that bit out. Jenner. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, Robert Kardashian. But actually, it wasn't wasn't uh, Kim known for being Paris Hilton's. Uh, yeah. PA, so basically, basically. basically she was another spoiled LA brat running around, going to clubs, <laughs> um, you know, going out with inappropriate boys, doing all the things that you do. And then they signed up for this reality show and it was a bit of a slow burner. People were like, why do I want to look at this? You know, what are these rich people got to do with my life? And it was gobbled up and it became this huge, huge global franchise, you know, and it's netted them all at 
ton of money. We all felt so personally invested in the Kardashian slash Jenner story. I mean, I think it's it was a very influential television program because it spawned so many things. I mean, Made in Chelsea probably wouldn't happen without it. Things like the, the various famous Hollywives, housewives of, of Hollywood from, and there are multiple versions of that. Um, I was in Denmark recently and there's the, the Danish um, <laughs> housewives of Hollywood or something. That's the most well, boring you know? show in the world. <laughs> it really must be, you know. <laughs> um, but it was, it, it, it just, it, it, it was utterly transformative. But I suppose it was this idea that there's a, there's a significant element of scripting to it. But it's also, you have to give yourself a huge amount of yourself to the world. And, you know, I think for, for Kanye or Ye, as he wants to be known now officially, you know, fr from the early days with him as well, you know, it was, this is who I am. And I suppose with a lot of rap, you've got to be real. And, you know, he, he came from, he came from Chicago, born in Atlanta, a very middle class background. His, uh, his mother was a, uh, an academic, uh, very well-respected academic. He wasn't from the mean streets of Compton at all. And there was there was a sense with him that he, you know, wanted to make his way into a world that was about bling and guns and gang violence. And I suppose part of the way he did that was just to be extremely frank about his own life. So there were already kind of mirror images happening between Kim and Kanye in terms of just young people that were basically um, allowing the world into their innermost thoughts. I always liked the fact that Kanye didn't want to be featured on the Kardashians, though. Did you not like, in, you know, in his defense, yeah, I appreciated a, that fact. And you could see mm -hmm. through her eyes how much she adored him in the early days, the Halcyon days, how much he supported her. He gave her advice. He directed her photo shoots. He gave her business um, advice. And the fact that he didn't want to be featured, I really respected that. Um, he was just more like a background figure. He was. But I think as well, Melanie, that's interesting because at that stage, his music music was so good. And he, he didn't was, need to be honest. He didn't need no. to be honest. And he was no. so acclaimed. And I think a huge amount of the problems with Kanye is the realization that inspiration has deserted him yeah. for 10 years now. And that, you know, that, that he just can't regain the brilliance creatively that he once had. And that must be a desperate place to be if you're an artist. That's the thing. I love Kanye's earlier music. You, the it's life wonderful. of Pablo, college dropout. I mean, you know, these are staples of my music yeah, they, playlist. They, they, he, they, they are spectacular. I mean, I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy from 2010 is one of the best hip hop albums of all time. Yeah. It, it is for me one of the best albums of that decade. It's utterly sprawling, but there is so much happening there. I mean, it's just full of ideas and collaborators. You've got Rihanna at the peak of her powers. You've got just so many people coming together under Kanye's direction. And like the early stuff, College Dropout as well. It's it's just great. Some of those some of those songs were crossover classics and made people that thought, oh, hip hop isn't for me, think actually Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, and he, he pushed down the door for people like Kendrick Lamar, who, to be honest, is now and has been for a long time the most significant 
rapper on the planet in terms of the 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 the, the absolute brilliance of his music. And I think Kanye is aware of that, that it was once him yeah. and it is no longer. He's become it's, kind of a tortured soul, hasn't he? he? Has, you know, and he obviously has, he's this you know, well publicized battle with bipolar disorder. So you'd mm. wonder, you know, where his head is at now. Incredible artist, but an incredible producer. I mean, the ear that Absolutely. man has. Yeah, he, no, no, a hundred percent. I mean, he, the, an extraordinary alchemist when it comes to creating sound. And, you know, people like Jay-Z would have, and they've collaborated together numerous times. I saw them play Dublin years ago on the Wash the Throne tour. Which did you interview great. him as well? <laughs> Not Jay-Z. He is somebody I desperately want to speak to. I did interview Kanye, though, Um about 12 or 13 years ago and it was a very yeah, testy interview. Uh, <laughs> it was testy. Let me get that name it, dropped there yeah, for you, John. No, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a phoner. Unfortunately, Zoom didn't exist at the time and the budget didn't extend to send me to wherever he was in New York into a back of a limo where he was. But he was, he was very annoyed by every question I asked until I said that I really liked the album. And I think it was around the time of the 808s and Heartbreak album, which is a really good album, although a lot of people dislike the auto-tune on it but there's some really interesting lovelorn songs on that and like just as, as an aside I think there's there's this I, I still think it's d- deeply strange when we think of the the marriage and we think of their honeymoon and part of their honeymoon was spent in Leash and Offaly <laughs> lest we forget yeah, yeah. And, and they went to the so cinema funny. in Port Leash and they went to the cinema in Tullamore and it just seems so they could so, have hired out a private island they, they could you know but, <laughs> in but, the Maldives but I think what it shows to in a strange kind of way and if I can put my pop sort of psychologist hat on is the idea that despite all the extraordinary fame and money and pressure and all that there are two people there that want a bit of normality and it did seem like the most utterly normal thing you could do. Uh, I mean, certainly when I had my honeymoon, the last thing I wanted to do was go, <laughs> go to, to uh, Port Leash or Tullamore to do anything. <laughs> and this is the thing. I mean, uh, Kim and Kanye were friends way yeah, before they, th- they they started going out yeah. together. Um, it's almost as if he kind of waited for her a he little did. bit. He did. I mean, she had two terrible marriages, you know. <laughs> like very, Easy to forget that now, of short. course. Yeah. lived affair, you know, yeah. and he was just quietly waiting for her in, in the wings, you know, biding his time. And he did feature a little bit, you know, before they got married, before they hooked up in some of the shows. And they just seemed like deadly mates. They were always bantering with each other or whatever the American version of it, you know, <laughs> hanging out. And um, seemed like a really solid basis for a relationship to take it to the next level. So I had very high hopes for them when they first got together and then they had their beautiful wedding. And then, as John said, came to Ireland for their strange, strange honeymoon, maybe the spiral started with them from. But um, it's sad though when you see two couples like that who were clearly besotted and were very, very well matched. Um, Not on paper though. I would say no, very different beasts, but, but sometimes that works even but, even better. But like she said recently, how like she she said in one of the episodes, I don't want to move to Wyoming, which is where he bought a house in the middle of nowhere. And she said, I feel like an effing failure. You know, I feel like such a loser. This is my my third marriage. For God's sake, I just need to be happy. And clearly, he did not help he, with. He that. should have known enough that Kim Kardashian yeah. was not going to move to Wyoming no. <laughs> to a ranch by any stretch of the imagination. Kim is dealing with so much right now, and. It's tough because before we left, her and Kanye had this big fight. I just like I honestly know. can't do this anymore. Like, no, I, I think that yeah. I, I am I still in this like. 
stuck for years. Like he goes and moves to a different state every right. year. I have to be like together so I can raise the kids. You know, and he's an amazing dad. He's done an amazing job. The whole, but the whole he thing. still will be. He the, still yeah, will be. I just like he'll be better without you there. Like I am. And of course, the album uh, Donda and Donda 2, it's named after his mother. Yeah. And I think she died in very unfortunate circumstances. She was having some cosmetic surgery and quite routine, but died under anesthetic. And it really affected him, the loss of his mother, because mm. she was a very important person in his life, hugely supportive. And there's a sense of not, of, of really struggling with that. I mean, uh, you know, he he. Bono was fourteen when he lost his mother, and it was of massive import for the rest of his career. I mean, even the Songs of Innocence album, uh, it, it it constantly about Iris, and I think it's it's telling when uh, a, a musician writes so frequently about a parent who has died, and you know that that's all part of the the kind of the difficulty this man faces when we when we strip away the cartoonish aspect. Like there are real problems there. There are real grieving. The, 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 the grieving had to be done publicly. And, you know, as, as tough and as difficult uh, a divorce is for, for most people, these are two of the world's most famous people splitting up. They've four kids together. It's already been hugely messy. What can we expect in the coming weeks and months, do you think? Mm, it's hard to tell which way this is going to play out. You know, when you've got two people like that, super rich, super famous, it really, you know, the, money's no object in trying to, to mend this. But I mean, maybe will we see a mediator stepping in between the two of them? Will someone just tell Kanye West to stop going to social media detox for a couple of months, which I personally think he needs to do? They were in a really good place, even though this blood up, they were amicable, they were talking, they were supporting each other. Even if that's not the case behind the scenes, you know, you really have to fake it till you make it till you get there. You know, they need to change this public narrative because it's getting really ugly. They need to think they have four young kids under 10, they're going to be the absolute victims of this, the fallout from this. I think with Kanye, it'll be just one rebound relationship after the next for the rest of the year. Um, there might even be a Donda 3. I mean, the, 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 the problem is with him that quantity does not equal quality. He is churning stuff out and forgetting that, you know, let's, let's be judicious about what we release musically, like creatively. If the, I would love him to rediscover the genius that he had, the extraordinary ability. Um, I'd love him to do a Kendrick Lamar, like, and 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 just deliver albums that feel like they are important. Uh, if that isn't too grand a term in terms of just great music, because it has been so long. My thanks there to John Maher and Melanie Finn, an absolute dream team on all things music and celebrities. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today's episode was presented, researched and produced by myself with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from SNL, which is broadcast on NBC and Peacock. The trailer for the new Kanye documentary, Genius, from Netflix. And news clips from CBC and E. You can follow the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts and even like or leave a review.